0: Hello, and welcome to Self-Doubt Sandwich, personal essays disguised as a weekly podcast. Practical stuff paired with witchy stuff along with the sandwich that will feed your body and maybe even feed your soul. Sometimes inspirational, sometimes desolate, always honest. I'm your host, Erin Branzell, and this is episode 6.
1: My body is a temple but my body is a bitch It's time for self-doubt sandwich
0: Okay, so I don't have a dedication this episode because I have some other things I want to talk to you about. I was going to call them housekeeping, but housekeeping is boring, and this is not actually housekeeping. Usually when I'm listening to another podcast and somebody says, a few items for housekeeping, I just start hitting that like 30-second-ahead button. So don't do that. This is not housekeeping. This is I just don't have a little pithy dedication. Um, instead, first, I did a mini-episode on Sunday. It was called Tarot Sunday for Everyone. I was on a walk, and I just I just got like that pull to like actually do it. It was something I'd been thinking about for a while, just going like full tarot in a mini episode and so I think I'm gonna do it again um, I'm gonna make it a little bit shorter because I do want the mini episodes to actually be mini and to be a little bit more accessible in terms of of time and just to be true to their name of being mini so the one I did on Sunday. Ended up being like 40 minutes with just me introducing it and doing the reading. Um, But next Sunday, December 1st, I hope to have another one out that is truly a mini episode, but another tarot Sunday for everyone. It's like church, but not as triggering. (laughs) Um, And so in that mini episode, if you listen to it, you already know this, but if you didn't listen to it, I'm going to say it again. I kind of did a little teaser that said I have some special surprises coming up for the full-length Self-Doubt Sandwich podcast. And so this episode actually has a special guest. And here's another teaser. Over the weekend, I recorded another episode of the podcast with a second special guest. So that one will be coming out I'm not sure yet. Uh, Next week is my birthday week, so I think I'll do just a solo episode for my birthday, and then I think I'm going to release the other special surprise guest episode right before Christmas as like an early Christmas present to you, because trust me, that's how it's going to feel. That's how it felt being able to do it. Anyway, oh. I'm just kidding. I'll come back to that. So this special guest is my cousin, Maeve. And if you heard my heart melting and my face smiling while I said her name, that's because that's exactly what was happening. So cousins, right? Depending on geography, you don't always get to spend a lot of time with them. But there's something inexplicable, really, about that cousin bond where... At least for me, I can't speak for everyone. I know some people have troubled or complicated relationships with their families, but I think a lot of people can identify with this cousin bond thing where you can get together with them and it's like, no time has passed. It's very easy to get vulnerable and to be real. It's actually very hard to fake it in front of a cousin. Um, It's just, at least my cousins, they don't ever let me get away with any bullshit Um, in a loving way. I'm not calling anybody out. I love them. Um, but yeah, so Maeve is someone who we grew up not in the same state, but we got to spend a lot of summertime together because I would come and visit her family in Vermont, New Hampshire area with my grandmother. And, um, you know, through the holidays and just also now through being adults and having more agency over our lives and where we spend our time, we've still managed to see each other Um from time to time, I actually saw her over the summer for a little bit, and she was on her way up to Raleigh from Miami, and asked if she could stay over for a couple nights, she she ended up staying up two nights, which was great, and I was like, well, sure thing, and so her first, or her only full day here, actually, um, when she was still vacillating between whether to get back into that car again or to just stay another night, um, that is when I had the idea of, ooh, what if I ask her to do my podcast, which is something I've been wanting to get guests on basically even before I started the podcast. I never wanted this to be just a solely solo thing because I believe in the dynamic transformation that can happen just through conversation with another person, but I... I don't have a lot of like local friends sometimes, and don't have a lot of like connections. I'm not someone who easily puts themselves out there, and I don't have a lot of technology. So, like as far as actually making it happen, hadn't happened yet. But the universe dropped a cousin off on my doorstep and was like, "Okay, if you want a guest for your podcast, here's your chance." So once she decided to just that she was going to stay and see Pete another another night, I then asked her, do you want to record an episode of my podcast with me? I completely put her on the spot. Um, I would have been totally okay if, with it, if she had said no. Um, but I definitely just put her on the spot and she said, yes. Um, I gave her just a few minutes to brainstorm some stuff for the segments. I explained to her the segments and, um and gave her some time to brainstorm because I I figured like I give myself that time it's only polite to let my guest have that time so she jotted down some notes and then we hit record and we started doing the segments and it was really special and again you know there's that that cousin thing that allows for this to happen but you know she got very vulnerable uh with the things that she's been just dealing with in her life. And as you can, as you'll soon be able to tell, she just has this infectious, joyful energy that I always feel good about, you know, spending time with her. And like, what a treat to actually be able to document the time spent because, you know, we spend hours in, maybe not hours, but we spend a lot of time in conversation, not recording the podcast. So to actually be able to catch a snippet of it, you know, and have it live on forever is uh, just another thing that I love about podcasts. And I hope that you enjoy this and that you are served by it in some way. I know I was. um, I know that Maeve was too, which was a a bonus, like, because I'm like, you're doing me a favor. Like, Uh, by being a guest on my podcast but then after we were done all the segments she was she said you know thank you it really felt good to say some of those things out loud so I was just super pumped that it helped her out too in that way. Um, So yeah I'm gonna stop going on about it and let you actually get to the real thing. The last thing I want to say is this episode is coming out on Thursday on Thanksgiving so I wanted to wish everyone A happy Thanksgiving and I hope that it's everything that you want it to be or close to it. I know that holidays can be tricky sometimes as far as getting to spend time with your family or perhaps having to spend time with your family. So I hope that you um, approach it with grace for yourself first and foremost but perhaps a little bit of grace for the people that you have to spend time with too, not necessarily to like justify your crazy, drunk, alcoholic uncle or your racist aunt or anything like that. Hopefully you don't have those, but people do. Not to justify anything, but just to make it easier for you, just to allow that grace a space in your holiday affairs. Okay, enjoy. recording so what are we gonna start with guest (laughs) special guest
1: (laughs) um let's start with a small victory because i did it yesterday okay um i drove through the everglades from miami to st pete's really it was miami to naples was the was the chunk that it was one of the most distracting drives and also the most boring drive <laughs> um, that I've ever done because you can't get off of the highway that you're on. There's no intersecting highway until you get to 29. Um, and then it's like a four-way. It's like one of those Western four-ways and you get to the four-way.
0: Like, oh, the junction. Oh, like, yeah. Junction. junction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there was a whole gas
0: station there. Um, but gas was extraordinarily expensive, so I didn't buy it. Um,
1: but there was so much great wildlife that was in the Everglades, which I knew was going to happen, and I knew I was going to be highly distracted by that. I saw amazing birds, but it was also, like, I felt like I was in the Everglades for about six hours, and I don't think I was, although I'm still unsure no, as to, because the like... drive
0: from, from Miami to St. Pete itself is only... It's only four hours. On paper, yeah, it's only, like, four yeah. or five hours, so.
1: So. You
0: went into, like, a time lapse.
1: Was, yeah, it was, like, Phantom Toll Booth where they go into the doldrums, mm. and they just, everything kind of slows down.
0: But in um, this case, the doldrums also had great wildlife.
1: Yeah, so it was, like.
0: <laughs> but was, you couldn't stop to look at it.
1: Right. It was a dream, and also very weird.
0: I did a actually. A dream see, and a nightmare.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. I did actually stop at one point, and um, what was it? There was a lake, and it was, it was, it was like some kind of wildlife preserve. And I was like, okay, cool. So, But I tried to go there, and of course, first, which is totally new and different to me, you get this little tiny settlement, and uh, everybody, there were a few people outside, and they were just staring at me as I was trying to drive by really slowly, because I was like, well, you know, I don't know there's going to be a crocodile in the road.
0: I don't know. But <laughs> well, there's so... not going to be any crocodiles because those are not right. in Florida. But alligators, anybody. you know, they look similar. So. Right. Um,
1: but then I saw a guy walking his dog and I was like, well, you're clearly not worried about alligators. Uh, so it could just be stupid. Uh, the dog <laughs> was pretty like, it was a chunky, it was a chunky dog. Um, like, all-muscle kind of dog. But but it was it was weird. I, like, entered this place where I didn't feel – it felt like I was the first visitor in years. Wow. <laughs> but I'm sure I wasn't, you know. It just know. felt that way. But it just it felt that way. And it was very interesting. So I'm proud of myself that I got – I didn't crash my car. And I made it through and didn't run out of gas and didn't, like – it's
0: the first track of a journey.
1: Um, so, it was, yeah, but it was interesting.
0: Well, I'm happy that you shared that small victory <laughs> with us. And traveling, yeah, it's tough. It's hard yeah. to just drive places, <laughs> especially with yourself, yeah. especially at night, especially through the Everglades. <laughs> Apparently. On that note, <laughs> small victory.
1: is so kingly. Self-doubt
0: Self-Doubt. Okay, let's go. Sometimes I like to just uh, go like that before I start talking about it. Oh, like, uh, self-doubt. Alright. Pun was pretty
1: pretty good for myself.
0: Yeah. Not pun, but yeah, pun. That was a good pun. It's uh, you can carry that into yeah. this segment. So Oof. Now, now we're here, and it's time to talk about Maeve's self-doubt. <laughs> like one of them, because we all have an illuminating spectrum of them.
1: That was that was a very kind way of talking. One, about they're like self-dump. Pringles.
0: Once you pop, you just can't stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! Um, yes, well, being in the job search and getting so much rejection. Um has made me wonder A if I'm ever going to be hired.
0: Period. Just base level, right there. Base level. Will I ever work again? Yeah. (laughs) Am am I good enough to work, ever? Um please just let me fill out a W four one more time. What does it call? (laughs) W four, W (laughs) two. I'm employed, by the way. I know about these things. Anyway.
1: Um And, but on a bigger scale, so I've been applying to a lot of like diversity in higher education jobs and um, uh, LGBTQ assistant director positions, which I'm fully qualified for. Maybe I don't have enough years of experience, or like maybe I don't know how to adjudicate a Title IX, but those are things that some things you have to learn on the job. Title IX is one of them for definite. Um, but so I know that I have a lot of these skills, but it's just nobody else seems to see that. Um, and then also on the bigger, I actually came, will I ever be hired
0: was a, a sub. It was like the parent doubt, the umbrella doubt, right? Maybe. Well, actually,
1: the parent, the umbrella doubt was, am I ever going to make a meaningful change in higher education? Oh yeah. Which is a, which is why I do what I do, and why I think it's important um, that there's a lot of discussion on whether white people should be in diversity education mm-hmm. and diversity work in higher education because we're white, we have a lot of privilege um and so but i think it's really i think it's crucial that white people are doing this work and that it's a group of people it really should be a group of people um but in that i have i have lived a few experiences as a a, um as being a a person um or in my journey at being a human yet um but I've also had to teach myself a lot. And I think that that ability and flexibility to teach yourself um, is really crucial to bring into that work. Right. But nobody else seems to agree with me currently. <laughs> yeah. so, um So it's been a really... It was difficult in the beginning, and now it's just become, like, a slog. And... Um, i didn't tell anybody this this has been the first time this has passed my own lips um but i didn't do any job applications the entire month i was in miami mm-hmm. um because i was paralyzed and i did a few um interviews but i didn't put anything new into the world right because i was just like there weren't a lot of jobs coming in and i was just like i, I can't
0: and you so kind of, you made an intentional choice for your mental health, maybe, and, I, or was it more that you were just paralyzed? I was paralyzed, yeah. and
1: my mental health was not, it hasn't been great since I started grad school. <laughs> but yeah. but like it just kind of, I I had this anxiety every day that I needed to be doing this work, and that I needed to be, I need to put anything out there, and then I would just like. I just couldn't. And then it would become the end of the day. And I was like, oh no, I have to clean. I have to go get Vicky. And the, so all this stuff. So, um, so I, and I busied myself around her house. Like, uh, I did the laundry. I did all the loads of laundry. Mm-hmm. Took to a laundromat, like, lots. It was three, it was like six loads in a real person's laundry place. Um, and... And then I, like, busied myself. I folded all of it, which I've never folded my own laundry. <laughs> like, that is something I avoid doing until it is absolutely necessary. Until I have to do using laundry again. as an avoidance technique. Right. Yeah. And I organized her linen closet. I refolded all of the, like, sheets and put the sheet together in there with their mm-hmm. pair. Like, I mean, it, it, it got crazy obsessive.
0: Weird. And was that from a... Um, do you think it was from, one, you're avoiding having to apply to jobs and, yeah. and open yourself up to more rejection? Yeah. But then maybe, two, was it kind of like a subconscious way to make yourself feel useful since yes. you, you weren't being given the opportunities to do the work that you're qualified for and that you went to school for? Right. You're like, I guess I'm just going to have to organize some goddamn linens instead, you know?
1: <laughs> it was – It was. I think you touched on – you got it exactly. Yeah. Um, because it was definitely – making food for her and making sure that she had good food to eat during the day. And when she got home and like make sure she was well cared for, those was, are important things. So it's super yeah, important. It, it and I just real. made it my whole mm-hmm. kind of my whole life. And, um, and so it was really, and so I'm glad I'm going home because I, you know, I'm, that's why I across the Everglades. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on my way home and I think being in my mom's house will kickstart me into that. Like, because I'm also, I don't want to live in my mom's house for the rest of my life. Right. But like being with Vicky was so nice and so lovely. Yeah. You just want that to be I was just that like, there. Yeah. And all of my worst. And so after my oh man, this is just going back.
0: But like after my <laughs> That's last. That's what self doubt does. Right. It's a spiral. <laughs> it's great. Slicing into your soul one curve at a time. It's like
1: an apple peeler, yeah. a slicer. <laughs> <sighs> um. Uh, Well, so I kind of vowed to myself to never do the things that come so naturally to a cancer, which is like Mm. care for someone, give your whole self, and then wonder why you aren't getting any of that back. Right. Um, And so I kind of felt myself doing that. And and in some ways, it's it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to do, but it when it's to the exclusion of what I need to do or, or what I need to get, um, then it, be, then it was becoming a problem. And so I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm getting out of a beautiful, wonderful place and putting myself in like
0: living with my mom,
1: uh, because it'll, it'll really, it'll,
0: I think it'll, it'll really kickstart It'll compel me. you. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like I, I feel it like more and more as I age, and I just go through different cycles. I really do feel like life is just about cycles, and it's not ever mm-hmm. about, oh, I made the wrong choice or the right choice or, oh, I should have right. put in job applications while I was staying with Vicki. There's no, it makes me, it helps me to feel better about my own like mm-hmm. productivity or lack thereof when I know that like life is full of cycles. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're hitting the pavement every morning and like getting so much work done and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and creating stuff and sometimes you're caring for someone else and you're loving someone else and like maybe losing yourself in that a little Mm -hmm. bit but as long as that doesn't become like the permanent way you live you know there's nothing wrong with it it's all about cycles and when I see it that way it's just like so much more helpful to be like oh no it was okay that I stayed in bed all day Sunday because (laughs) that's just what I needed and now it's Monday and I'm gonna go and whatever do whatever needs to be done Mm and you know, fight the good fight and all that. Right. Yeah. So do you think, why is it, are you getting, I'm just going to go back to your being rejected. (laughs) I'm just going to go right back into that. Are you getting any type of feedback when you don't get the jobs or is it more just like you just don't get the calls back? I'm I'm just wondering because like you said, there's the whole thing about, you know, there's the whole question of, whether white people should even be in Mm -hmm. the diversity Mm -hmm. sector how to be an actual good ally and not just talk the talk but actually walk the walk and and so i'm just wondering if that plays into it or if it's just because you're young and you're qualified on paper and you do have experience on paper but maybe not as much so i didn't know how much feedback or not you were getting
1: there is it's a mixed bag. It's definitely not constructive criticism. Huh. Well, that's it's, a <laughs> bummer. <laughs> I, and there have been a few times where I felt like in somewhere in the um, process, whether it was because I was emailing the person beforehand because I had questions um, or because I was really interested in the job and the person seemed really nice mm-hmm. during the interview... I have wanted to go back to those people and just be like, Hey, so I don't wanna beat a dead horse. I don't want I don't want this to sound like why
0: didn't I Why didn't you shot? want me? Right. Yeah, like, but like it's can not desperate you help me on my journey. Right, you're trying to learn because, something. Because yeah, yeah,
1: you were a person that I connected with and you know, and um so but it's sometimes I don't even get a call back. Right. There I've had amazing interviews where I just never heard from them again. Mm-hmm. Or you get, um, but sometimes, rarely, but sometimes you get the email when they said they would let you know, you actually get an email that says, thank you, we're not, you know, pursuing your candidacy any further. Um, And then sometimes you'd be like, well, they didn't let me know by next week, which they were going to, so I must not have gotten it. Right. And then sometimes weeks later you hear that they hired somebody, sometimes you never hear from them again. Yeah. So it's just like this whole I mean, there are still ones and there's so many that there's so many first round interviews that I had. I've had about thirty or forty at this point. And wow. they're so yeah. And Can't say you're not putting yourself out there, <laughs> right? And that's and there there are plenty that I didn't even get calls for. Right. But I had this, I had this, I was totally in a groove, and that's I think why it was a little bit. It's why I haven't done one for a month because I wasn't getting the job postings in and doing the application that night and then having it done and then getting a call. You got out of your um, routine. I got out of my routine and it and I just just kept getting rejection. I was like, oh my god. I kept. I'm having so such a hard time putting myself out there, um, so. I forgot what we were talking about. That's cool. Um, um,
0: wait, well, I I know we would started. Oh, like following up with people and wondering right. why you didn't get it, and usually never knowing because that's right. Yeah, like I. Most of the time, you don't really want to know because most of the time it's not personal. Most of the time, it's just right. Oh, there was just somebody else who was quote-unquote better for the job in whatever way and right i think that's what's hard and i think of like you know like an actor going to auditions and stuff so yeah. many times it's not personal just like with your jobs right. are just not personal but there's no we have to like intentionally choose not to take it personally because i think right. that's our as humans that's our default reaction is to take things yeah. personally like you know a, a person looks at me weird in the bus and it might just be because he's thinking about what his mom said to him that morning but I'm like what why are you looking at me like that like we all take things right. personally so yeah I don't know. right
1: and that's definitely something that I if, taking things personally is something that I have am choosing not to do in my life for sure and seeing it from another perspective and being like you know what they could have they could have heard they could have been thinking about the gross food they
0: ate or something. Right. Or, <laughs> they, like, this could be I not... didn't get that job because the universe knew I would be miserable there. Like, stuff right. like that, you know? Right. like and that's okay. The whole, like, okay, when, you know, like, that whole phrase of, like, this or something better, like, here, mm-hmm. I want this universe or something better. But <laughs> right. this is what I want or something better, whatever you have in mind for me. That's Great okay. powers that be right. in the sky <laughs> or earth or wherever. But, right. yeah the rocks yes our crystals so you're yeah. gonna go back to Raleigh I'm gonna go back to Raleigh you're gonna and get it, back into your or do you think it's gonna be hard to like send in that that first application again almost yes. it's not really the first application but it'll be the first in a while in so a while.
1: well so also I'm I'm also have this past month I had to face the facts that though I promised myself I would never go back to high, um, residential life because of how so soul sucking it can be mm-hmm. um, i've kind of had to realize that maybe i would get maybe i would get a job
0: if i was doing res life um, so you're kind of adjusting your standards so based I on have, yeah, yeah so i
1: have to go i have to i had to justify going back on my word to my own self mm. um, but there are some amazing jobs out there and at, amaz- at really good schools that i think will have appropriate work-life balance
0: which is what i didn't have before i was gonna say is that why res life is is so sucking because you're just always on kind of just
1: always on but i have a friend who works at a university and um they uh, they are done at five o'clock they Mm. go to work at nine they're done at five that's it they go home um and yes but it's the whole thing it's living on campus being like right next door to a student um not being able to like this is silly, but, like, not being able to, like, dress in sweats and go food yeah. shopping, or, like, God forbid you have a friend over, or a, or a paramour, or, you know,
0: mm-hmm. you have a date,
1: or you just want to like hook up. Like, your life up. You is kind of always under body.
0: the spotlight. Right. Yeah. yes. Yeah, and, um, for sure. And, and plus, just being an education we're yeah. held to higher standards anyway is, right. like... The you leaders have to be role of the model. youths, yeah. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I, there
0: are sometimes I don't want to be a role model. Right. <laughs> Everyone needs a break from being a role model. <laughs> right.
1: And it just sometimes doesn't stop when they when you live right next to them. So um so I have to so, and honestly writing that cover letter is some of the hardest things I've ever done because I just want to be like yes I did it now mm-hmm. hire me I promise I've done this before like,
0: just like hire my me. note in Reckless note. journal <laughs> yes. <laughs> I broke the spine of the journal. I did it. So there. Yeah, I don't think I've actually ever written a cover letter before. Whoa, I've been f- fortunate enough to just have to.
1: You've only ever needed resumes?
0: Yeah. And like, well, my the the last two, well, not having my current job, which was just yeah, just a resume and then an interview, but then my last two jobs in education were just resume and like because it's through the county you just mm. fill out the county's application and they don't really care no. about your cover letter they just want to see how you match up to their right. requirements so interesting Yeah. alright any, any last words for your self doubt?
1: I don't believe so do your self
0: doubt fuck off right? <laughs> I just I want it to be put to bed yeah um, spoiler alert yeah. though What's this self doubt Settles down. Just another one will rise up in its place. It's like weeds. <laughs> right.
1: Well, and then you know, once I start a job, and I right. totally thought
0: about this. It's all a process. It's yeah. all a process. You're gonna have doubts about right going into can work I every day. It? Like, yeah. can I actually do this? Oh my god, they gave me the job. They think I can do this. What if I can't do this? <laughs> yeah, that right. whole thing. Right, right. So. so, here's to never not doubting. <laughs>
1: Sandwiches, 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 sandwiches. All you talk about is sandwiches. Talk some more.
0: All right, what's for imaginary lunch? Our sandwich mm-hmm. that we are not actually making today, oh, no. but we're going to talk about it, and our mouths are going to water. Right? Um. Ooh. This, Peaking well, the so this sandwich is full the...
1: of a lot of things I don't actually eat anymore. Um, <laughs> dairy and gluten and beef, but it's all the better. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, one of my favorite things that was introduced to me by a boy uh, who was a chef back when I was 19 or 20. And I tried to make myself love him so badly because he was such a wonderful person. <laughs> he was really, really sweet. Yeah and like super caring. Oh, you'll get this. He was the first person who knew that I had a hearing discrepancy and oh. when he took me to see a movie said before I even noticed it, it was like, oh, I'm on your wrong side. And Aww. we switched spots, and I was like, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> That's sweet.
1: <laughs> so sweet.
0: Oh, man, yeah. But I
1: told him I love roast beef sandwiches, and he said, do you ever have banana peppers on it? Um, and I didn't. And this was after I had had my, like, taste explosion of going to India mm-hmm. and, like, loving spicy food. And so I had this new appreciation for spicy and so on my roast beef sandwich, he put banana peppers, and then all the things I love, which are tomato and lettuce, and then I think Swiss cheese, and then probably an aioli. If there wasn't, I would put one on there. Oh, yeah. Definitely um, like add something. a some really that. good ciabatta roll. Oh, man. It's like, right? And then, you know, toast it a little bit or press it. Either way is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but just roast beef is one of my favorite sandwich meats. It's one of the only ones that I love consistently. Right. Um, and then, but then the banana peppers just kind of oh. changed my world.
0: I love the banana pepper on on a on a Subway right? type of sandwich. Yeah. yeah, like a meat, like a deli sandwich. Have you ever had a Public subs? No. So Public subs are like a big deal, because Publix is in a certain region of the country. It's mm-hmm. not up north, and they have really thick. Uh, bakery bread that they bake fresh every day and they have like really all these different selections of deli meats and cheeses and everything Mm. and so public subs were definitely a big part of my diet through my like (laughs) 20s and stuff but i used to have like specific recipes that i would get and one of them was a banana pepper one i would do i would do mayo turkey I think I like roast beef, but for some reason I was intimidated by it. and I just never really gave myself the chance to eat it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know that I I do like it sometimes, but turkey was always my go-to sandwich meat. Mm -hmm. But I would get – I had two different, like, sub-recipes when I went to Publix. I don't know what mood I was in. I would either get always the multigrain bread, and it was like – now when I try to eat a public sub, it's just it's too much. It's so much bread and so much meat. But back then it yeah. was so great. It was so much food and it was only like 6 or $7, maybe $10 if you got like a big one, whatever. I would get turkey, cheddar cheese, tomato, banana pepper. Mm-hmm. That was one version that I would get. The other version that I would get was turkey, Swiss, jalapeno peppers, and black olives. So those were my two public subs. But yeah, that, roast beef, banana peppers. Banana peppers are amazing. I'm going to have to use yeah. that on a sandwich in the future because yeah. they really are great. They're like, they're, they're like the they're salt little... and vinegar of chips. Of, of, right. Well, they're, the, they're like the, they're the, they're the condiment equivalent of salt and vinegar chips.
1: Right. And I love that they're a little tangy and a little spicy. I don't love it when they're not spicy at all. Yeah, um, sometimes so they need to you get be... them and they're not. They don't have any kick to them. But it's not. I also love jalapenos, mm-hmm. but I have to be in a mood. I yeah. can eat banana peppers almost any time. So. Same, same. Right. Yeah, yeah, I I understand that. Jalapeno sure. is a very specific spiciness that like. Sometimes I don't want it. I'm any any time of day I can go for um, Indian spices or like uh, Middle Eastern spices or um, whatever, but, like, Mexican spices and, like, South American spices, I have to be in a mood for,
0: which is weird, but. Fair enough. Fair enough. Go. If you had to give the sandwich a name, I'm putting you on the spot here, what might you name it? Because I've been, I've been struggling with, like, do I name all these sandwiches that I'm making? (laughs) Like, um. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't.
1: We, some I, you got to give me. Usually I'm really good at coming up with like slogans and names right. of things. But um yeah.
0: Yeah, sometimes you need a theme to like right. focus it more. I've actually the the only two sandwiches that I have named, I've given astrologically themed names. So that's mm-hmm. helped me focus it in. I, um, think. I did a grilled cheese that was Scorpio season grilled cheese and then I did um a Butternut squash type dealio, and it was called full moon in Taurus because it was that's what was happening. Plus, I did it yeah. on a bagel. And it was you know.
1: Oh, that's yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Understand. And it was very earthy. And Taurus is fixed earth, so. Mm. Yeah. But. You know. so, what did you just write down?
1: Um, I wrote down self doubt self doubt eradicator.
0: Oh, self doubt eradicator. Yeah, I mean, go. a good that's why we like, eat sandwiches after the self-doubt. We need to, <laughs> we need to feed our souls yes. back after the ravagings of self-doubt. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: That was really dramatic, but
0: actually quite appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. Really dramatic, but actually quite appropriate. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Right.
1: Safe, 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 safe spaces.
0: So we've talked about driving through the Everglades, wondering if you'll ever work again. Um, We've eaten, hypothetically. What is a safe space for you these days? Sure. Um, I have
1: created, virtually, um, a safe space for myself on Instagram.
0: Cheerio. Right. It's really remarkable because so often... Instagram becomes a not safe space but we have the power right. we have the choice to make yeah. it a safe space for us so
1: right yes. and i don't i have not blocked many people but that is also uh i have become not liberal but i have become very comfortable with blocking someone and that mm-hmm. was it was a great it was a great thing to do for my own self yeah um but recently i had to block somebody else um just didn't benefit me anymore and it, right. it actually could have been could have become toxic and i was like you know what just not even gonna let it get there now they still could have you, my
0: phone number so like you, you wanted know. to block them because you didn't want them to see your stuff either is that what you're I saying i didn't
1: want them to have contact uh, i didn't want them to be able to contact me through places that i want to keep
0: good right
1: um and so and i knew they they didn't they don't use it that often so like it wasn't gonna be a big deal yeah um so it, it wasn't going to be an issue. But the way I've made it positive for myself is I follow a lot of great artists mm-hmm. that I love. And I follow a lot of uh, queer folk who um, most of them are speakers or sometimes they're sex educators. Um, because queer sex ed is something that is really important to me in my work. Um, and so but it's this queer artistic cool body positive that's also another thing Mm -hmm. i follow a lot of body positive artists and then also just bloggers um, yeah and they you know show me their cool clothes or whatever um or it's just art that where people look like me and that's Mm -hmm. super cool um and but i also get food ideas from there i'm gluten-free and dairy-free so like it can sometimes sometimes you know regular food porn isn't for you. Right. Right?
0: So you have to be selective (laughs) with your stuff. Um,
1: But also, one of the things it helps me, I think, the most is it helps me maintain friendships that are not, I'm not in person with those people. Uh, I have a lot of friends who I, I don't, I've never lived near them or I Recently, not live near them, mm-hmm. um, and so it helps me stay in touch with um, uh, Kimmy and Beth and Vicky, even. Um, and then also, I see your stuff on there, yeah. which I I really love the stuff that you post on Instagram. I don't look at Facebook so much anymore because Instagram has I've created this wonderful little space for myself, little for right. you, yeah. Right, and I send people cute memes or whatever and it Mm -hmm. just it keeps those relationships alive and i see stuff where i'm reflected in the artwork and um or in the movements that are happening so it's a really cool little like nook um and it's not it doesn't feel vacuous or um superficial all the time mm-hmm. sometimes yes
0: that was the word i was trying to think of earlier when i was Super explaining initial? to you about the segments and i was trying oh. to think of the word superficial because i was like a safe space can be it can be very serious or it oh, can be yes. superficial it can be whatever so thank you for solving that mystery <laughs> Thank you. <go>. but yeah <laughs> to piggyback on that i i feel like i've been pretty intentional about my instagram too and i, I think they even have like a a new feature i have not used it but if you don't want to unfollow somebody but you don't want to see their posts all the time you can mute them apparently so that way they don't know that you unfollowed them but you don't see it all the time so that's a feature that like maybe i'll think about using in the future but i've also like instagram super super was helpful to me when i first started learning tarot because there's a whole community Mm -hmm. on instagram just for tarot Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of the people that i follow and that follow me now are just about that and so it's like that would have been really hard to access in real life, mm-hmm. and it's something that I'm able to access every day, but just by picking up my phone. Right. And as far as the like art goes and the aesthetics, I've started recently following um, graphic designer people, mm-hmm. and it's just I just love like uh, graphic design art, and I don't even know if I'm like necessarily using the right terminology for that, but just like bright colors and stuff that right. they've either made through like uh, gouache paints or watercolor Mm -hmm. or whatever and they're posting like um i think there's somebody called sarah sarah day walsh art or i'm butchering the name but there's a couple really good like graphic creators that i Mm -hmm. follow that Mm -hmm. just bring me life to my instagram feed for sure and then even yeah as far as like connect staying connect with people like i i definitely have a lot of long distance friendships and we are constantly sending each other um things via instant messenger Mm -hmm. or not insta Instagram messaging Mm -hmm. or tagging each other in posts. Mm -hmm. And, um, even someone I live with, who I see every day, Doug, like I was, he actually took the last year, I think off of Instagram, Mm -hmm. which was fine. And it was a great choice for him, but he recently got back on it and it's been such a joy. I've just been like tagging him all (laughs) these posts and like sending things like, just in case you don't get enough of me at home, I'm going (laughs) to, we're connecting on Instagram too. And Yeah, I think, as most things in life, it is Mm -hmm. what you make it, and you could make it a very treacherous, toxic place, or Mm. you could make it um, a safe place that you feel heard and you feel seen, and you literally, like you said, see people who look like you, Mm -hmm. and I think that, um, oh crap, I just lost my train of thought... Oh, the the curated aspect of it, yeah. Uh, that's I think that's the part that like, because we can we we can curate what we show to up uh, about our lives to other mm-hmm. people, and then we can also curate what people we see on our feed and what types of things we see on our feed. And I think the curated part of it sometimes gets a bad rap, like mm. as far as like, oh well, you I think. It's important to keep in mind if if you feel like envious of someone else's life based on what you see in social media like right. yeah they're just they're curating it, and I think sometimes because of that we see curation as a mm. negative thing when really that's what enables us to make right. it beautiful. You think of an of a a curator in a museum they're not mm-hmm. doing anything toxic they're just bringing pieces of art into a building mm. so people can go in that building and look at it. so I think that that actually is like a double edged sword type of word, but mm. that's really the key difference maker is like realizing that oh I have the power to curate yes, I have the power to curate what other people see about my life mm-hmm. and I can make it all look like sunshine and roses and kittens mm-hmm. and rainbows. But I also have the power to curate this beautiful space of community and creation on the internet.
1: Right. And a lot of it I follow stuff that where I'm I'm seeing but also I it's a way it's a way I've chosen to normalize other people's experiences yes. as well. So like, I follow a lot of like queer women of color, mm-hmm. um, and or like the art shows, like your tarot cards. Uh, mm-hmm. That it's very dynamic and different, and so it's it's a way to for me. I I honestly think I follow probably more people of color than I do like, right? Perfect you know, whatever white women who have it, who are of a certain genre or ilk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in that way, it's showing me the world that I want to see and the world that I'm working for, mm-hmm. and it educates me a lot. Yeah. and it, But I do also see a lot of, like, you know, the astrological memes. We totally send those back and forth. <laughs> yes. um, and uh, what was it? I have, I have two, my two best friends are Pisces. And I'm Cancer, so we got, you know, water sign love All going up on. All in your feelings. We are yeah. so in our feelings, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, my one Pisces friend will send me like big Cancer energy. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And it's and it's so very true, and mm-hmm. it's just and that's also part of our relationship. And so you know we're, um, there are a lot of things, but you know it's a it's a different way of emoting and relating to people yeah. but it's definitely the world I have created the world that I want to see and for a lot of people that's that's maybe limiting Um, and you know I'm sure it's limited too but like I've taken a lot of the hatred out of my life a lot of the anti whatever misogynistic Mm -hmm. anti you know black verbiage not completely out of my existence because they still all talk about it but it's this new it's kind of just a new reality that I'm creating for myself, especially yeah. being from some uh, someone from such a white state as I've lived in. Yeah, um, I try and make my Instagram a very diverse, intersectional, feminist yeah space. I definitely it's cool.
0: Yeah, I've definitely tried to do that with my own too because yeah, it's a it's a way of diversifying your experience in ways that you know. I might not be able to in real life, you know, it's not, I can't just walk down the street and be like, Hey, I want to make more black friends. Who's up for it? Like that, that's not appropriate to do. Also, yeah, it's like also like me as a person, I don't have the capacity to have lots of in-person friendships that kind of drains me. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot better for me to follow people of color and people that are working in social justice that still give me that perspective and that lens and that experience without me having to feel like drained about it in person just because right. I, I just don't hang out with lots of people in person anyway. Um, and also I'm not going to walk around the neighborhood just shouting for, <laughs> I need diverse friends. like that. <laughs> and I'm not going to collect people right. of color. So it's really right. good to be able to do that in a way that's not at all problematic to just right. press the follow button and just see right. the other people's experience.
1: Right. And I love buying good artwork from people that I know are i know a little bit about their life and yeah. so i know it's like an ethical um it's like an it's also an ethical purchase because I really in my when i have money uh, i have so many plans for quote when i have money <laughs> um, and one of them is supporting these artists that i love to follow right. and mm-hmm. um and love to look at um And another thing that has limited, that is curated for us that I kind of have to shout out is the SESTA-FOSTA bill, which I don't know a lot about, but it's very, it's limited a lot of, um, sex workers specifically, but anybody who really makes any kind of artwork where people have nudity or nakedness, Mm -hmm. um, and it's specifically kind of been targeting or like Facebook and Instagram have used, um... This, they're like, they're family friendly claws or something. Right. That's generally what it is. They're like, sorry, we have to delete this photo. But then like a white skinny femme woman Mm -hmm. who's showing the same amount of skin or the same body parts. It's okay. It's fine. And then, you know, you have this queer, beautiful black woman um, who's doing the same thing. and, And because of who she is and because of what she looks like her photos get taken down Mm -hmm. and so it's been so that is something that happens a lot on my timeline is people would be like yo this is racism and this is discrimination um so that is something that i would like to see instagram change
0: but right
1: um i think there we're working toward a a better different future and hopefully instagram removes those limitations and hopefully Yeah. yeah and hopefully we Right grows with us, and hopefully we can change that um, bill as well, so that it is not impacting um, specific communities um, more so than anybody
0: else. Um, but yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, do you have any specific people that yes. are good follows that you want to shout out? I don't know if you wrote that down or not. Putting you on the Just spot again. On. I know I couldn't. No. I couldn't think of the people that I was following. Um, right. But, but yeah, drop a knowledge bomb on us.
1: Absolutely. Well, so I have to shout out one of my friends because she makes her living this way. Well, kind of. So um, in if you're specifically in Buffalo, New York, or she can send you stuff too, the Pastry Pirate mm. is, is the best friend who's a Pisces, one of the best friends who's a Pisces. Um, she's a gluten-free vegan baker, um and she is she's will you
0: make my wedding cake (laughs) (laughs) will you mail that to saint pete please and thank you (laughs) that might be a little tricky but
1: i'm sure she'd be willing to work with
0: you send me a recipe
1: please i don't know
0: how to do the gluten-free baking it's so hard to me every time i try it it's terrible things happen
1: (laughs) it's really hard to get is but her mom was a baker too, so yeah. she it's in her family. It's her sister's also a baker, yeah. yeah. And so um so all of her stuff is amazingly good and it just uh, it's so good. Yeah, I she remember you
0: when you were in Buffalo like full time, I remember seeing you posting about her on yeah. The Instagram. So. Yeah.
1: She's also one of the cutest people I know, so I get enough Enough is but, enough. Gosh. Right. right. Um but let's see
0: some of some some good artists i love following artists artists it just makes my feet so beautiful
1: right well so one person who i just think is so cool are the muses so there's j muse and madam muse okay and i think their handle is i am or madam Muse's is i am muse um and they are two queer um women of color they're married um, and they're both artists and they've got very, very different styles, but that's where my little, um, ballerina came from, oh, a five year old no. ballerina, but she, they make really amazing, very, um, just really good work. And they do, um, Madame Muse, I think is the one who does it. They do, um, artists, uh, pictures of artists. And so they did Beyonce, the like, and they're all amazing queer folk of, uh, no, they're not queer. They're not all queer. They're all amazing folks of color. And Mm. so they did for Black History Month. She did a painting a day, or she released a painting a day, which was like, I know it was a a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, And they they're so good. And then, but she also has some really cool like, um, young uh, black women, which is where my ballerina came from. And then, let's see.
0: <laughs> I shouldn't have We've been silent for an uncomfortable amount I, of time now. <laughs> I know,
1: right? Like, how do I find out who I
0: follow?
1: Oh, you have to go oh, to oh, following. Oh, there
0: we go. Following, yeah. Nope. This is but, you know what we could also do? You yeah. could compile a list, and I could okay. put it in our show notes. Oh, yeah. So... Right. Thank you for sharing your safe space. Absolutely. I think it's really important to remember that Instagram is a place that it's, right. it's what you make it. Because yeah. so many people shout out these very polarizing things about social media. And some days I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm addicted to Instagram. I've had it. But like, it's all <laughs> about self-discipline and choices right. that you make and being empowered. So,
1: right. yeah. I ought to feel special, kid.
0: Here's a shout-out. Really great. Really, yeah. Yeah. I just played Maeve the shout-out music, and you guys who are listening to this right now just heard it. But anyway, behind the scenes. <laughs> so what are you giving a shout-out to? Sure. I'm giving a
1: shout-out to uh, audiobooks in general. But Praise um, the Lord. <laughs> but Theodore Goss, um, wrote the strange case of the alchemist's daughter and it's the first of a trilogy um and i read actually the first and second one and they're both they were great reading they're not super deep they're not super they don't make you think
0: too hard Um, it's important it's important to have reads like that
1: right and they were very it's a very dynamic reading um and it's a very dynamic cast of characters and she does a different think there's a different um accent for each one because some of them are from Italy some of them are from okay so it's the same
0: person but she does different yeah voices because I know there there have been like audiobooks are like really having a moment right now where sometimes people will even get like casts of different people to play the characters some of them sometimes it's uh like famous celebrity actor people doing audiobooks so one, yeah. Well, so another reader that I will, I don't
1: care what he's reading, but I'll listen to him, is Jim Dale. And he did all of the Harry Potter series. Um, and his voice, he also narrated Pushing Daisies, if you okay. ever read that, watch that. Um, and he's just got a really good voice. And I love it when Neil Gaiman does his own. So, like, there are definitely mm-hmm. some people that I will do, I will read whatever it is just because of who is narrating it um interesting but, but this woman i don't sometimes i don't love a whole cast sometimes it's it takes me a minute to get used to it yeah sometimes it's perfect
0: so but this book is about um this is the book you were telling about last night right yeah i should have just recorded this podcast last night it would have been I so know. fresh and fiery <laughs> right oh well uh, we'll do our best
1: <laughs> exactly so um there are, but it's about Mary Jekyll and then she becomes friends with um Catwoman and then Christine Frankenstein and then some other just it's kind of fan fiction and there Sherlock Holmes makes an appearance mm-hmm. um and so it's just a great cast of characters and it's very very fun and funny and again you don't have to think too hard but it's they have to solve a mystery yeah and there's a murder? Well, there's a murder there's an old murder that they're trying to figure out oh like a cold but, case right oh. well they have to find out if Hyde actually died right mm. but um and so then they go on this whole adventure and they're a bunch of kick ass women and so nice and, but they also have like you know one is very soft and gentle and the other one one's prim and perfect and another one is Rather dressing array of women. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's just a great it's a great bunch of women and there's very little fragile male egoness in the book, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Very nice.
0: So So uh, but yeah. Speaking of Sherlock Holmes, that reminded me of a I forget I don't I don't remember the series name, but it's a recent thing, um, about the, I think like the granddaughter of Sherlock Holmes and the grandson yes. of Watson, the. and they like join forces. It's by Brittany Cavallero, I think is her last name. There's
1: something about Scarlet Women.
0: Was um, that it? a it was something. Yeah, the first one is called something with Charlotte. Her name is Charlotte. Sh- yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte Holmes, and those are just. They're like the perfect reads. I finished it. it was a it's a quartet. Yeah. I wish that she would just keep writing books because I would keep <laughs> reading them of the, some, those same two characters, but I understand sometimes things have to end, but um like they I would have to make sure that I didn't really have anything to do because mm-hmm. once I started reading those books, it was like everything else was oh. dead to me and just sucked me in obsessively. In a good way for the most part, but yeah, I was like, I have to clear my calendar before I read the last book because it was so good. But yeah, it's the same yeah. kind of the similar thing as far as being the the offspring of right. famous or literary characters, mm-hmm. and also definitely more of a feminist modern viewpoint. And yeah. Charlotte suffers from like an eating disorder and a drug addiction and all kinds like all the like the ways that her dad raised her to be a detective is kind of like realized as far as like oh you actually created some trauma for her and like affected her personality negatively right. t- in order to make her this great detective because that's yeah. what the Holmeses do and all that stuff so there's yeah. a lot of reckoning with that too but it's that's good
1: that's, I think I actually found that but I think it must not have been the first one yeah and one
0: of is- them's called A Case for Jamie because that's the other character Jamie Watson and I can't there's four of them but the names are escaping me but right shout outs shout out I mean literally I could do a shout out for a book every single week right. probably I have to restrain myself from not doing that <laughs> shout out to books for, a forever shout outs All right, friends, that's the end. Um, I would like to thank my cousin Maeve, again, for being my very first guest on the podcast. And I would like to thank you, the listeners, for listening. I would like to thank my brother Ethan for providing the music. You can also get more of his bangers on Bandcamp. Verdandi is his recording name. Lots of good stuff there. You can email the podcast, selfdoubtsandwich at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on Instagram, at selfdoubtsandwich. Sometimes I post pictures of the sandwiches or just other things that are slightly relevant to whatever is going on in the pod. I repost some inspirational stuff, some pretty art. I do that. It's a nice, it's a nice space I'm cultivating. You know what I'm saying. I have a blog that I do things on. Um, It's motionandmemory.wordpress.com. Sometimes there's similar things to like what I'm talking about here. Sometimes it's not, not at all, totally different. I also do another podcast with my Lovely fiance Douglas. It is all also available a bunch of places Apple, Spotify, all that jazz. It's called Becoming Braverman. It is about the NBC show that is no longer airing, had six seasons, uh, called Parenthood and how much we love it and we dissect it like college graduates. Um, also. In my notes for this, I just wrote, please like me. Uh, this is my reminder to myself to tell you or to ask you, to behoove you. if that the pr- proper use of that word? Anyway, you know, like, rate, review, subscribe, follow me on Instagram. Do all the things that... Do any of the things that you want to do and none of the things that you don't want to do because I'm going to keep making this regardless. So... I'd love to have you along for the ride. Um, Yeah, that's it.
1: Been awake for a while. Hope you noticed that. Please clap. Not going back, not going back She said I'm too pretty to act like a fool Ah. I'm too pretty to look so cool